If you don't know, you're about to know right now. You're about to learn. Education. You feel me, them? I'm Quindell Evans, bluepoettree.com. Blue is the color of dream. Poets the already inscribed. Trees are what keeps us alive. Bluepoettree.com. You feel me, them? Today, we're reading. You feel me? We're going to read for about 30 minutes, and we're reading the book called Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols. You feel me? Um, and I'm on chapter... I'm on a chapter called The Second E, which means enchantment. And it's chapter three, The Second E, enchantment in your life relationships. And I'm in the middle of the chapter, but I'm just going to start off where I'm at and see if y'all are feeling it because I think this is some good stuff. And I don't mind sharing what I'm reading, and I think people could benefit off this type of information and knowledge. Lisa Nichols would definitely, definitely drop some good things in a book, so get with me. Let's go. Be a magnet for the kind of people you want to attract. Unconsciously, we attract people who are like us. In a way, the manner in which we conduct our lives become a magnet for others who have the same values, outlook, and mindset we do. We attract those who have similar level of achievement and goals. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we talk to one another, we are instantly understood. Not only that, but we're enchanted by one another, which means not only do we... Take great delight and enjoyment in the relationships, but we're charmed and want to spend time with each other, too. Who they are as people makes us want to circulate in their universe, stay connected often, and do things together. We're excited about what they're up to. They are equally charmed by us, and when we get together, talk the feeling of anticipation, possibility, enthusiasm, and wow factors off the charts. That's what a truly enchanting relationship is, looks like. We have a sort of innate filter for attracting and then allowing familiarity with this type of person. The problem occurs, however, when we turn that filter off for convenience. Our intuition is trying to talk to us, but we're not listening. Some time ago, I was engaged to be married. Eventually, however, the relationship turned emotionally abusive and later physically abusive. I broke things off for my own safety and Jelani's, my son's safety. And I would have loved to say that I didn't see it coming. As a matter of fact, I told the story for four whole years as if I'd been blindsided. I shared how romantic and loving he was and how all my friends exclaimed, Wow, does he have a brother? When I told of how the abuse started suddenly out of nowhere, that story became my truth. But what was really happening... But what was really happening in that relationship? Day after day, I was ignoring my intuition in regard to the span. I had stepped away from my GPS, my God placement system. I had closed my ears to the whisper that said, pause, slow down, this doesn't feel right. I ignored the signs that told me he was prone to outbursts of bad temper. I was quiet when he used sharp words toward me. You've probably experienced times in your own life when you didn't listen either. But when you don't listen, a whisper becomes a knock, then a firm knock, and then a scream, until eventually it does something drastic to, to make you pay attention. While you don't want to be picky and attracting the kind of people you want to have around you, and you don't want to limit your flexibility, you do need to become firm and explicit about what are non-negotiable characteristics for you. Be clear about your non-negotiables. In my life, the very first non-negotiable is that you have to be a person of high integrity. You can't play in Shadyville. You can't jump in and out of good character and good character integrity when it's convenient. If you See an iPhone lying in the street. You can't pick up that iPhone and slip it in your purse saying it's their fault they lo they lost it. Of course you could do that, but you wouldn't be but you wouldn't be my friend. Integrity means that if you find an iPhone, you immediately look around and see if there's someone with a frantic expression who's lost it. Similarly, if you're a parent, you can choose not to spend time with your children, making them eat dinner on their own or letting them stay out 
all night with friends and party. But if that's how you parent, you probably won't be a friend of mine. So although you can be flexible with your friends, although you can be flexible with who your friends are, you you also need to have a core list of qualities, characteristic values, and mindset that is non-negotiable. And even when every one of your boxes is ticked, you still need to listen to your GPS. Dr. Judy Hinojo. Dr. Judy Hinojosa Sinks, one of my clients, is someone who listened to her intuition about her non-negotiables. As someone who had faced repeated illness, typhoid, meningitis, bartonellosis, and other severe conditions involving her immune, endocrine, and neurological system, she finally heard the calling to become a healer, not only for herself, but also to bring health to others. Having faced days when the physical pain was so unbearable that Judy sobbed herself to sleep asking God to to either end her pain or end her life, Judy knew what it was like to live day by day, not knowing if she would ever be well again. Eventually, her quest to find her own healing led to her, led her to become a holistic doctor. Her recovery after years of health challenges was the gift she wanted to give others. She committed herself 100% to this future, and after arriving in the United States at age 17, unable to speak English fluently, Judy still graduated at the top of her class from medical school after a demanding and rigorous program. In her first two years of medical practice, however, Judy worked for two different cl- clinics and quickly realized that their ways did not align with her own beliefs about healing. She found herself faced with a big decision to continue working for other doctors to open her own healing center where she could offer. She found herself faced with a big decision to continue working for other doctors or open her own healing centers where she could offer a fully holistic approach to healing her patients. Sitting in her car one day with tears streaming down her face and her stomach and knots, Judy asked God to eliminate her anguish and fear and give her the strength and wisdom to make the best decision. As a sense of peace came over her, Judy felt God's presence and knew then that she would open her own clinic. Her intuition spoke, telling her to merge her unique self-healing experience with her former medical training to serve others in pain. She was at ease despite having no business skills, no business plan, no funding, and not even the equipment to open with or the staff to help her. None of this mattered. Opening her own wellness center had become non-negotiable for Judy, despite other people's opinions, fears, and judgments. Now, five years later, Dr. Hinojosa's clinic has succeeded beyond her even her own dreams of possibility. She owns a multi-million dollar practice as a sole practitioner, one of the most successful neural, naturopathic clinics in her city. She's received numerous awards and honors for excellent service and high deliverance of healing to the public. Her commitment to listening to her intuition and blazing her own path on her community's ideas that not align with hers enables you to honor her soul's calling and bring healing to others. What do you need to become non-negotiable about when it comes to your community? Here are a few of my non-negotiables that you might consider. I look for people who have spiritual awareness and consciousness in their lives, but also people who are service. I learned the hard way that I need to be with people who love to serve because if someone is not a server, then they've got it made with me. I will serve and serve and they will receive but at some point, my tank will run dry, leading to resentment and disenchantment. I need to allow myself to be loved in the same way I love others. Another non-negotiable for me is that people in my community must be upwardly mobile. There are people who invest in themselves. They have a high sense of self-awareness. They, they are into both personal development and professional development in a big way. This goes for my close community of friends, but not necessarily for my family who I love for other things they bring to my life. My colleagues, friends, and peers are also constant in never never ending learning never ending learners even much later in life they're still looking for new things to try learn and embrace and they're generous to share with me 
what they've learned, including business tactics that work. They're interested in self-care, that they're healthy, they schedule time off, eat nutritious foods, and exercise regularly. They live in healthy neighborhoods and drama-free environments. The towns they live in support their healthy lifestyle with quality restaurants, outdoor activities, and tranquil spaces. They invest in their health and well-being because they want their bodies to be able to live out their purpose. These are just some of my non-negotiables, many of which I had to learn the hard way. Now I'm offering them to you as examples for creating your own list. I'm giving you my beliefs, my mindset, and my experiences, good, bad, and everything in between, so we can learn together as a community. Seek out like-minded people. If you want to get into a relationship with like-minded people, people who exhibit specific qualities, there are many ways to find people who think like you. Aside from all the expected meeting grounds, such as the workplace, professional organizations, and volunteer activities. If you're passionate about something, go to where other passionate people gather. I know a young woman, one of my global leadership participants, who met the love of her life at a CrossFit event. Both of them are CrossFit fa fanatics. Another friend loved jazz festivals and met her boyfriend at one. If you're worried about visiting these places alone, consider the fact that a terrific new acquaintance, lifetime business contact, or your perfect soulmate might also be visiting the same place alone. <laughs> Don't be afraid to go where your passions are, even if you are the one. Even if you are the only one who has that passion. But don't just go to these places to meet these people to to make to meet these possible connections. Go because you love that activity. Allow the universe and God's divine plan to bring the right people to you. But also recognize that sharing a specific passion isn't necessarily where the communities end. Frequently I would meet someone with whom I have one specific thing in common, usually a professional interest, but then, just like peeling an onion, I learned more and more about the individual as a person. I discovered we both grew up in competitive sports or we both share an interest in travel or seriously, it's happened. We're both at the same point in our romantic relationships trying to answer the same exact questions and striving to attain the same desired bliss. That's a true and lasting relationship in the making. Of course, it's this art of discovery that we should be explaining with every new relationship. Far from a qualification pro process, it's an exploration with grace, ease, and acceptance. Once you've chosen someone as a friend, allow who the person is to unfold. One of the best books on this art of discovery for romantic relationships, a book I've recommended to more than 25 people, is Intellectual Foreplay by Eve Hogan. After dating my sweetheart for nearly a year, I still keep this book with me to help me engage in great conversations with them. It allows us to deep dive together, deep dive discover each other. What, we, what, what do we think about spirituality? How do we manage our finances? What are our philosophies on parents and self-development self and personal responsibility? Questions I've never think to ask. In fact, I'd be nervous about asking these questions, but with intellectual foreplay, I get to blame the book. It's also helped me discover my relationship deal breakers and ask those questions sooner. Now my significant other even picks questions to ask too. And, uh, and it literally has brought us so much closer emotionally and spiritually. While this book is geared toward romantic relationships, it's convinced me that we've largely lost the art of conversation today, not just in romantic relationships, but in all our interactions. As our current culture moves more and more to mobiles, texting, email, and social media, Many people have simply lost the skill or desire for a really good chat. It helps to have some great conversation starters that will help you discover more about new people you've met. Ask for what you need in a way that empowers people in your community. Your community can help you on your journey toward abundance, but they can't help you if they don't know what will serve you. 
Learn how to act what you need in a way that leaves your community feeling not only empowered to give you what you ask for, but inspired to do so. When you make requests using statements like these below, it allows the people who love you and who want to make you happy to understand what brings you joy versus what makes you angry. What I love to experience is, what I need your support is, it helps me when you, what would work better for me is, if you only focus on what makes you angry or what shuts you down, you're putting energy around feeling angry and shutting down. Compare this to positive language you can use with your community such as, what makes me feel better is, what inspires me is, what feels good to me is, think of the change of response you will receive. In your relationships, it's your responsibility to articulate your needs in a way that leaves your that leaves your community, your lover, your spouse, your children, your colleagues, and your friends feeling inspired and encouraged to be connected to you. We wrongly put the responsibility on other people's shoulders to inspire us, yet it's 100% our responsibility to share with them what we need in order to be inspired. All too often, we expect people to know in advance what we need, as if <clears throat> they're mind readers. But as my brilliant friend Ken Truck said to me recently, love and relationships are an open book test. Don't make your community and loved ones Guess what you need? It's not fair to them. Instead, proactively tell them in an uplifting way how to love you. If you love flowers, tell them. One of the ways that I feel loved and acknowledged is to receive flowers. Is that okay for you? Or similarly, one of the ways I demonstrate love is cooking for you. Does that work for you? In the same way you should be an inspiration to your community, let those you are connected to inspire you with their stories, lives, and accomplishments. A few months ago, I was speaking at a training event for Wells Fargo Advisors where I met Stacy Shepherd. A woman who's not only inspired me, she's inspired dozens of others whom I've shared her story. As a long-time sufferer of multiple sclerosis, Stacy's body had deteriorated to the point where a wheelchair was necessary for daily activities. For five years, she couldn't get in and out of bed without assistance until one day, while lying in bed, her body began to tangle all over as if it were talking to her. Through nothing medically, though nothing medically caused the sensation, Stacy felt in her soul that she could stand up and begin walking on her own, and she did. Though she eventually had to regain her strength and muscle tone, Stacy began walking that day as if her body was simply ready to move again. I heard Stacy's story for the first time at that speaking engagement. It resonated with me so much that I've gone on to share with others. People are, people are put into our lives to inspire us and to inform us of possibility. Let your community know how to inspire you. Start beneficial new relationships through acts of service. One way we can build our community is to start new relationships through acts of service. As you are getting to know someone new, ask them, how can I serve you? What would help you meet your goals? What do you need to get from me? You can also proactively suggest contacts, resources, methods you employ in other ways that you know would be helpful. This is one way that high achievers align with other achievers. This is a way for professionals to point to each other to strengthen and lengthen their relationship. This kind of sharing builds stronger bonds and just working on the project together provide a momentary input. When you reflect on your life journey, you'll clearly see that moments you'll clearly see that the moments when you were most alive are the moments when you loved the deepest, laughed the loudest, danced the hardest, and forgave the quickest. Lisa Nichols. Plus, these acts of service also create a far greater bond than a mere monetary exchange can accomplish. When you take time to know people and understand them, well enough to anticipate their needs when you can assess any situation and instinctively know what will help them. Their level of trust increases with you. They begin to think of you as a confidant, someone they can align themselves with long term and someone they'll likely seek to include in future opportunities. That's what acts of service can do. Choose people who make you stand on tippy toes. Choose people who make you stand on your tippy toes. I've mentioned before that you should be very intentional about the people you decide to form new relationships with. 
Now, let me take things one step further. These people should make you stand on your tippy toes. Not only does this mean that they inspire you to stretch and grow, but it also means that they, that who they are inspires you to be a bigger person. Simply by who they are being in your presence. When Jelani was eight years old, I booked a lengthy speaking tour that kept me on the road for 11 days. I had never been away from him that long and was really struggling with my conscience. During part of the tour, I spoke to an audience of about 700 people and had agreed to answer questions at the end of my presentation. During that Q&A time, a woman approached the microphone and referring to the stories about Jelani that I told during my speech simply said, Lisa, you're the most amazing mother. Once my stage time was over, I returned to my hotel room and cried and cried. I felt like a hypocrite, a fraud. Here I was, thousands of miles away from my baby and had been and had been for days. I didn't feel like an amazing mom. In fact, when I searched every fiber of my being, I couldn't find any motherly greatness in me at all. So I called my rocket booster friend Denise and asked her to tell me what she saw in me as a mother. Without pausing to wonder why, Denise poured out 10 minutes worth of details. She didn't say merely that I was a motherful mother, a wonderful mother. She described the way I woke up and cooked Jelani an omelet most mornings, the way we laughed until our stomachs hurt, or the way we sang to each other in the car. Denise remember when I cut in all the Denise remember when I cut in all the little nuggets of happiness. It's like I was thirsty and she became my water. In the same way Denise did for me, let someone refresh and encourage you. Allow someone to support you and have faith in you when you can't. Borrow their confidence when yours is low. They believe in you more than you can in certain moments. Just be crystal clear about what you need. That day, Denise inspired me to be a bigger person simply by her being a bigger person in my presence. Tippy-toe friends will do that for you. Tippy-toe relationships are what happens when you get intentional about upgrading the people you attract and allow into your life. Three types of romantic relationships, lifetime, life-giving, and purposeful. When it comes to your romantic relationships, you'll also discover that there are different levels of support, awareness, and growth in romantic partnerships, all of which affects you and your ability to grow into the abundant life you want. I've been in romantic relationships where my mediocrity was welcome, but my brilliance was not. In those moments when I was playing small, I was adored, loved, and celebrated. But in my genius moments, I was made to feel as if I was standing too tall, and that to be happy in the relationship to have peace in mind, I had to constantly dim my light. I had to limit myself. My belief at the time was that I did not want to outgrow the relationship and I found myself constantly crouching down in order to stay in the relationship. I came into the relationship already too big for the relationship. I was running too fast, growing too much, and sowing too many seeds for my future. While my girlfriends lovingly pointed this out, what I really felt is that I was being forced to choose between my relationship and my life assignment. Of course, none of it was done with malicious intent on the part of my romantic partners at the time with the consciousness of minimizing my greatness or from a place of comparison or competition. I think it was a decidedly unconscious response fueled by a mindset of scarcity and lack that these men were living in. Rain her in was the unconscious response of these men in my life. I've come to realize now that romantic relationships are really mirrors for how we are showing up in our lives. They will show us our humanity toward others, our needs that must be met, and our desire to serve and give back. For example, when I'm in a relationship, I discover more about my level of trust in people or lack thereof. When I'm inside of a relationship, I see my willingness to release or my desire to hold on tight. I see whether I am a good leader or I am better as a follower or ideally whether I've achieved a healthy balance between the two. Relationships are here to build our muscle of compassion and understanding, but they're also here to help us build our muscle of healthy boundaries. Do I say yes only when I want to say yes? 
And do I understand what it means to say no? Because relationships are dynamic and between two people, they also help us to see how we're currently showing up in the area of communication. You can determine whether you're speaking your mind or withholding your opinions, whether you're truly listening to your partner or simply waiting for your next turn to speak. Only then can you discover why you communicate in the way you do and improve your communication skill set. In addition to being a mirror that shows us how we are showing up in life, romantic relationships also provide specific and necessary functions at different times in our lives. When I first discovered these three types of romantic relationships from my friend Ayan Levizant, they made so much sense to me. At the, at the time, I was going through a breakup, and because I thought he was the one, I convinced myself that my life was over. But I was stumbled across Ayanla's definitions. They changed everything for me. What are these three types of relationships and what do they look like? <clears throat> Lifetime relationship. No matter what you both do, this one is going to last forever. At different points in time, you might grow beyond each other. But you will always balance out. It might get rocky and it may not be easy. But you were meant to be together forever. Nothing you do will separate you. It's a done deal. Life giving relationships. Life giving relationships, on the other hand, do not last very long. In fact, they typically range from a one time meeting to a two year relationship, but really more than that. They're designed to put a spark back into you and remind you that it's not over for you just yet. They put you back in the game and add a spring to your step. They remind you that you're still attractive and you're still sexy. You still got it. These short term bonds remind you of your value too. And remind you not to settle. They force you to get out of your head and start living in your body again. They're full of energy and excitement and they're giddiness that comes from being in love. But they can also be full of so much drama that you burn each other up. They're intense either in fun, passion, or chaos. They can also be a doorway to the eventual lifetime relationship you want. They get you ready to be a better partner to someone else. When they end, you'll understand why these relationships needed to come into your life and why they needed to be over. Life-giving relationships will stay in your heart forever, but are necessary and finite. Purposeful relationships. The most prevalent type of relationships for most people today is the purposeful relationship. For a year or more, and sometimes decades, you and your romantic partner are tethered together, working side by side for a specific purpose. Perhaps the relationship came about in order to raise children, build a business together, help each other grow up, get yourself out of a bad situation, get a good start in life, teach you to set healthy boundaries, or teach you how to love. It's not that you went into the relationship with this agenda, but that's the reality you're living. Anyway, when its purpose is fulfilled, the relationship will likely end. Unfortunately, turmoil happens when we try to turn a purposeful relationship into a lifetime one. For this reason, purposeful relationships cause the most turbulence and discord the most frustration and hurt. What we don't always recognize, but should, be, but should because it's a constant feature of purposeful relationships, is that once the purpose is fulfilled, the relationship changes and never goes back to the way it was. Some people spend a lifetime trying to regain the formal warmth, affection, and intimacy in a once purposeful relationship. When the kids go off to college, oftentimes the husband and wife will finally be able to stop and listen. They'll be hit with the epiphany that, hey, I don't necessarily like being with this person. I don't want to be in this relationship. They're just now discovering that their bond was driven by purpose. Of course, this doesn't take anything away from the time they were together. It's simply time to move into a new to a new season. Your job, if you decide to move on, is to end the relationship with grace and ease, leaving your partner's dignity intact so that when the story is told at the end of your days, your partner could be sitting in the audience and feel both honored and served. It takes a big person 
to preserve their partner's dignity when separating, especially after 10, 20, even 30 years together. The purposeful relationship is just one of the three types you'll encounter. If you've never looked at your romantic relationships from this perspective, doing so will now give you much greater peace of mind. In fact, you could easily understand and complete every past relationship you've ever had by simply making a list of everyone you've ever dated, then deciding whether they were lifetime, life-giving, or purposeful. When I did this exercise, I stopped asking why certain men have been in my life. I stopped obsessing over breakups and sort them instead of sort them instead of completions. I concluded that those relationships had run their cycle and provided me with exactly what they were supposed to provide me at that time. I developed a much healthier mindset about why we came together in the first place. This goes for friendships that fall into those three categories too. Of course, the beauty of knowing about these three categories is that you're released from trying to make everybody a lifetime friend or lifetime romantic partner. It removes much of the disappointment when relationships ends. It keeps you over whether a connection will burn out or whether any any one thing that you do might permanently damage a relationship. If it's meant to end, it will because it was life-given or purposeful to begin with. Another comforting thought is that relationships are designed to occur within the seasons of our lives. Some seasons are 40 years, while others are 14 months. Your job is to determine what would be or what or was fulfilled in that season when you were involved with a specific person and how the relationship supported that. What did you do that you couldn't have accomplished if you weren't in a relationship? Did you get the lessons, the moments, and the memories? Did you gather all your assets and your diamonds and walk away with the best things out of that relationship? Did you leave that relationship whole and complete from this day forward? I want you to never again say we broke up. Say instead we're complete because we accomplished dot dot dot. Ah ah ah. Using the word complete just feels better and reframes the end of the relationship in a way that reaffirms both of you. You're not broken. Your partner's not broken. There was no break up. Only completion. Not only does this give you a level of tranquility about your past relationships, but it also lets you trust again and not project your previous experience onto your next opportunity. Assemble your relationship. Assemble your breakthrough team. Once you've mastered your personal relationships and built a community of people who support you, it's time to assemble the core team who will help you create major breakthroughs in your life, your career, and your business. Even in your business even if your business is being a stay-at-home parent, a non-profit volunteer, an upperly mobile corporate employer, or a college student, who should be on your breakthrough team? Your breakthrough team should consist of three to five people that I call your foxhole friends. People who are on the battlefield with you in the foxhole watching your back. They're willing to run when you run, walk when you get tired, and drag you when you want to quit. They're willing to hold you accountable to the person you say you want to become. While these may be professional advisors, your lawyer, your accountant, your life coach, usually they're people who are willing to dream big with you. They're people you can speak your intentions to. They hold your vision. You can reach out to them in your SOS moments. They have the emotional capacity, the physical capacity, and in some cases the financial capacity to handle your breakdown. Come over, and my roommate's gone for the weekend. So 
I got the free and I got some weed. Do you wanna match me? How many puffs does it take to get to the sin of the blunt? Tell me you miss me. I know you do. I miss you. Cause the way we did it last time, it stuck on my mind. How I hit it, I made her moan louder than horns If I could revisit that moment, answer your phone Before I run out of minutes Yeah, that was back then when we remembered the digits She texts me, hey, with three wives I'm like, she gotta be with it huh. I could be tripping, but I'm shooting my shot In order to get what you want, you gotta use what you got My pops said you just like me No, I'm not, cause when I'm about to come I automatically stop I pulled out in the caravan, we just hot boxed And got it rocking in I'm a fan of how you rocking it You ride it like you pop in the willy, I know you feel me cause I'm deep in the hit in your spot When we finished, she was on top, that's how I like it I be writing you, if you don't type back quick I might switch the play up, pick and roll up with the next one Like I always use the smiley face emoji when I type Hey stranger, I am you, it's been a minute since we kicked it Hey stranger, I miss you, I'm wondering if you still with it Hey stranger, I am you Hit me up, I'm reminiscing. Hey, stranger, I am you. We got some unfinished business. Look, look, yo. I know you wanna know what's up with you and me, but all I think about is what you do to me. Your shape, pretty face, and your booty. We did it in the back at the movies. Yeah, we did it in the park and broad day. We used to chill, smoke, and do it all day. I ain't seen you since you've been away. I hit your phone like, hey, stranger. Stop back and dissing. I know you miss me. I got a feeling this stick of shit for all of your issues. Cause when I'm with you, nothing else matters except the kisses and hugs. I'm talking about all of the above. What's love got to do with it? Uh, don't act a fool with it. Missing you is a part of the plan. I can't get used to it. And if I choose to make it official, meet me in the middle. This ain't a riddle to solve, but all your problems will dissolve into new ones. That's worth it when I put that work in. She said, I know you worth the trouble. I just hope that you don't hurt me. I'm like, chill. Sit back, relax, enjoy the moment. But once I feel like going it's hey stranger how you been my number still the same it ain't change up uh, you can use your voice or your fingers uh, let's skip to the point and just hang out yeah it's been a minute since i last seen you i'm still tripping off the memories of you screaming melodies and the way you felt to me i want to know how many licks does it take to get to the sin of the clit tell me you want me, I know you do, I want you Cause the way we did it last time It stuck on my mind I, I can't forget how I hit it I, can't forget how I hit it I, can't forget how I hit it Yeah